This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, God is so good. We are in a series of fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. And uh, I'm telling you, I think it's been a good series and God is so good. And uh, we are, we, you got to realize that, 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 that in this faith walk, it's going to be a fight at times. Amen. Uh, that we're going we're gonna to encounter some issues and uh, some situations, but we're going to have to fight, I really believe, to get the best of God. Amen. You know, there's, there's a perversion in grace thinking at times that believes that all, that, that when, if we're going to walk in the blessings, it all depends on God. But I'm going to say that it's it's there. There's a man's side and there's a God side. God's not going to do our part and we're not going to do God's part. Amen. Amen. And, and, you know, and our part is faith and God's part is grace. So faith is acting on God's word. Amen. Amen. I love that. And, And I'm going to say this, that Jesus already paid the price. We're just going to have to fight to walk in. The blessings of God at times. You believe that today? Because it's not just going to fall on us like ripe cherries off a tree. Amen. We're going to have to we're going to have to fight for it sometimes. Amen. I love the scripture in Proverbs 21, 31. Uh, It says here, the horse is prepared for the day of battle. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. But deliverance and victory belongs to the Lord. What is that saying? That's saying this verse that we get prepared, we get ready, but God moves supernaturally. See, we're in a process right now. We're getting ready for the harvest. How many people are getting ready for the harvest? We are, God is, God is moving on Exceed Life Church and there's a great harvest because I believe before Jesus comes back, uh, that God is going to pour out his glory in such abundance People are going to be drawn into the churches. Do you believe that today? And people are going to be running to the church because of the glory of God. So, so revival is on the horizon. Can I get an amen? So what are we doing? We're in a preparation mode, preparing for the goodness of God to take over in our lives. You know, I'm going to say this, that... In Deuteronomy 1.8, the Lord told the Israelites before they even occupied the land, the promised land, he already told them he has given them the land. In Deuteronomy 1.8, it says, see, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land. The Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to their descendants after them. So we see here that God has already given the land to the Israelites, but they had to do something. Can I get a witness in the house today? They had to go possess it. Amen. I'm going to say this. Every promise of God is yes and amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? But you're going to have to possess those promises. Am I I talking to anybody today? See, see, there were giants in the land that, and walled cities that was keeping the Israelites, are you listening to what I'm saying today, from coming into that land. Joshua and the Israelites had to go possess it in spite of the obstacles. But God's power 
with them, help them to overcome it and possess it. You, you see, that's, that's what we do. We, we believe God and God brings us in to the promises of God. Now, let's look at the, the scripture that we've been focusing on all month. And it's 1 Timothy 6.12. Paul is saying here, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the confession, good confession, in the presence of many witnesses. You see, part of fighting the good fight of faith is laying hold on eternal life. What does that mean to lay hold of eternal life? I believe it means that you gotta, you got to get the zoe, the, the eternal life of God, in every area of our lives. In other words, the, the God kind of life needs to be in our homes. Amen. The God kind of life needs to be at the workplace. Yes. The God kind of life needs to be definitely in the church. Amen. The God, in other words, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. I'm striving and I hope you are striving for the abundant life in your life. I'm striving to have nothing missing, nothing broken, shalom in my life. And you're going to have to strive to walk in it. You're going to have to choose to walk in it. And the enemy is going to do whatever he can to try to keep you from it. And, you know, you know, the ministry at Exceed Life Church hasn't always been easy. You know, I've been in this in this walk for a while, glory to God. We, we've, been, we've been here over 15, I don't know how many years, going on 20 years. Well, 30 years when, when uh, Pastor Joe Warren started the work in 1986. And, uh, and, you know, it hasn't always been cookies and cream. It hasn't always been roses. There's been some thorns uh, down the road. And I think about every transition that we had in, in the church. And I, I think about that, that, that we were in another, when we first started off, when I first became pastor, well, I remember becoming pastor. People didn't want me to be the pastor. Some people in the church didn't want me to become the pastor. Pastor Joe was installing me, but there were some people that were not, you know, not 100% on board. Some people thought maybe they should get somebody else from Rama, they, they maybe another seasoned minister, and uh, you know I grew up in the church. I I did every job in the church. I was the assistant pastor. Uh, I even cleaned the toilets. I was I did everything. I did Steve's job. I taught in the church. I did about every job in the church. And 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 and, and there were people that that were opposition. And I remember when I came on board, there were some people that left the church. Amen. But you know what? I'm still here. <laughs> and I don't know where they're at right now. But God, but God put me here. And you know what? The work is still going. And it's still going. And it's still going. And then I remember we were in a beautiful building. And I remember that, you know, we were in this building. And it was nice. It was cozy. But there were some things that I wasn't... 100% up on, you know, I wanted to, to put some more lighting out and all that. And I remember that I said to the congregation, you know, I, for some reason I can't seem to, 
get a lot of favor with the, with the owner of the building. And, and I said, maybe we should start looking for something else. I remember saying that on a Sunday. And the next day, he calls us up, the landlord, the guy that owned the building, and said, uh, you got three months and you're out. And I said, oh, my Lord Jesus. He said, and, and we, were, we were faithful. We fixed the building. We always paid our rent on time. We were a faithful church. But he, was, he rented it to somebody else that was willing to give him double the rent. And he didn't even negotiate with us. So, you know what? You know, every transition, sometimes transitions, there's problems. Sometimes there's pressure that will push us out to, do, to go to where God wants us to go. And then the movie theater opened up, glory to God. I remember I was looking for a building. We couldn't find anything. And the movie theater opened up and we were in the movie theater, man. I felt like I was like, man, I, I made it. The big screen behind me. <laughs> Stadium seating. A multi-million dollar building, glory to God. I mean, I, I felt special, glory to God. I, every time I came up on stage, I couldn't see anybody. Everything was dark. So I just visualized thousands of people being out in the audience. Oh Amen. And, uh, and, th- and then, you know, and we had another building that we were leasing. And, and, and there was a new president that came in on that building. And he said, we want to double your rent, your rent. And we were in the process of trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And, uh, and God opened the door to the Seventh-day Adventist church. And we got there, glory to God. Amen. When one door closes, another door opens. And so, and then we were there and then the pandemic came and they, they, they stopped having church, but we're a faith church. We kept having church. Amen. And we kept, and we had our church and, and they weren't having church and the people started getting jealous because they were having Zoom meetings and we were using their building. And then they were putting pressure on us and they were pulling seats and they didn't want us to have that many numbers. And and you know what we said? I said, it's time to find another building. Amen. And then then God got us his place. Glory to God. Open the doors. Grace. Glory to God. But you know, we're not just stopping here. Glory to God. There's another place that God's moving us to. Glory to God. And he's moving us into a larger place. Can you believe that today? He's bringing us. He's going to give us land. He's going to we're going to build a building. Glory to God for the glory of God. And we're going to get a model of that building sometime soon. We're going to have a model up here, glory to God. And I'm telling you, we're going to have that vision of building that building. And God can do it. Do you believe that today? So everything is not easy. In Joseph's life, everything wasn't easy. He had the vision of being a ruler. And his brothers came against him, threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery, Finally, he went into Potiphar's house, started prospering a little bit, and then got trumped up with some lying uh, uh, reports that, that he was after uh, Potiphar's wife, which was just the opposite. She was after Joseph. And then he ended up in the prison. But you know what? Finally, he came to the palace. So I'm going to say this. It doesn't matter how you start in this faith walk. What matters is how you end. 
And see, we may start a little shaky. We may start maybe, maybe not exactly where we need to be. But God will bring us into a good place. You, though, your, though your beginnings may be small, your ending will be great. That's the scripture in the Old Testament, glory to God. You know, I think about Isaac and, and Isaac, you know, uh, that Abraham had, 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 had Isaac. And, and Isaac was the promised child. Isaac means laughter. And when Abraham died, uh, the people, uh, they, were, they were jealous of Abraham and they stuffed up the wells that, that Abraham dug. And so, and then Isaac started, you know, unstuffing the well, started digging for, for, for wells. And uh, every time he dug for a well, uh, the people came against him and said, no, 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 that's our water. And then, then, then I, you think that Isaac uh, you had the blessing. But, but even though you have the blessing, there's going to be opposition. And, and, and so there's going to be people that's going to be jealous of you. And, and so Isaac, it's in Genesis 26, 19, and Isaac's, Dug another time, and, they, and then the herdsmen over there said, no, no, that's our, our water too. And finally, Isaac dug the third time, and, and nobody bothered him, and he said, God has made a place for us, glory to God. And, and, and I like this, that, 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 that Isaac didn't get an, a victim attitude over it. See, when people do you wrong, don't allow a victim attitude to come into your life. Amen. When people do, because God can turn it around. And I like this, that, that, that he stayed positive. Isaac stayed positive, doing his best. And God spoke to him. And he, and he said to him, uh, after God made room for him, he said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servants for my servant Abraham's sake. So we see here, so even though we're encountering this, this promise right here, what is God saying? He's not just saying it to Isaac. He's saying it to us. He's saying, fear not, you know, no matter what is going on in your life, fear not, I am with you. Amen. And I will bless you and I will multiply you. Say, God is blessing me. God is multiplying me. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God is increasing you? We need to believe for increase. Amen. And and we need to uh, hold on to the promises. But there's going to be resistance. There's going to be there's going to be walls. Amen. That's going to try to keep us from from coming in uh, to our promised land. And, And we have to learn to Fear not, and we need to learn to be strong and of good courage so that we can walk in this. You know, the two things that keeps us, are you ready for this? The two things that keeps us from, from winning the fight, a good fight of faith, the two things is fear and pride. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. Those are the two things, that, the two arsenals in the devil's bag uh, 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 that he tries to work on us is through fear and through pride. 
Amen. And this keeps us from, from winning our faith battles. God directed Joshua to, to lay hold of the promises. And when he, when he did that, he said to Joshua 1.8, see, if you're going to win in this life, you're going to have to meditate on the word. You're going to have to allow that word to give you faith because it's meditating on the word so you can observe to do the word and then you will have good success. And the word brings faith. Faith brings confidence. And then what God told uh, him also, he said to Joshua in 1.9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So he, he's told, he said this to Joshua. He said, Joshua, if you're going to win, if you're going to win these battles, you're about ready to take the children of Israel that's been in captivity, that's been in a desert. You're about ready to bring them into the promised land. First, you're going to have to meditate on the word so that word can bring you confidence. And that confidence, when we have confidence in the word, it should make us bold. Am I preaching to anybody today? And when we get that confidence that God's word is true, we will have boldness in our life and we'll be able to obtain the promise that God wants us to have. Can I get a witness in the You know, I, I think about a song that we used to sing uh, in church. And uh, it's, it, years ago, it, it goes like this. Be bold. Be strong, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord thy God is with thee. I am not dismayed. I am. That's it. I'm walking in faith and victory. Let's walk in faith and victory. For the Lord thy God is with me. We might need to get some of those songs. Amen. What do you think about me getting on the platform to sing? Glory to God. So we got to be bold. Look at your neighbor and say, look at your neighbor and say, be bold. be bold, be strong for the Lord thy God is with you. Amen. Joshua, glory to God, Joshua and the Israel army was directed by God to march around the walled city. See, the walled city kept them from the promise of God. Kept them from, from obtaining. So the walls, the, the devil has walls, invisible walls, that we have to do to, uh, we have to pray to get those walls down and we got to act on the word of God. And what they did, what, what, what God told them to do, well, he said, Joshua, take your army and walk around the city six times. Once, one time every day for six days. And this is interesting. And then he says, go home, go back to the camp. And so what happened was, as they walked around the walls, nothing seemed to be happening. There was not one brick falling. There wasn't anything that seemed that God was doing anything. And the second day, they walked around the, wall, the, the, the walled city. And nothing seemed to be happening. And the third day, they walked around the city one time. And then went back and nothing. I'm going to say this. There's a process for the promise of God. And, and, and that process is that we got to what they were doing when they were walking around. They were laying hold. They were believing God. And one of the things that God told them was not to say a word. 
Because a lot of times the enemy will get us looking at what's not happening and try to get us to start talking about what's not happening. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. He's trying to get us to speak what's not happening. But he told the Israelites, be quiet. Don't say a word. Keep walking around these wall cities. But what the Israelites didn't realize was there were cracks that were, that were going forth in the bricks of that wall city. They couldn't see the cracks. The foundation was cracking underneath. Every time they walked around, and I'm going to say this, every time you walk in God and you're believing God and you're not speaking what is, but you're standing on the promise of God, that wall that's been hindering you will eventually start to evaporate and will fall, glory to God. And we know that on the seventh day, they walked around seven times. And then God said, now you can shout. What, what, and what they did, they shouted. And when they did, God did the supernatural. God caused the walls to come down. They took one of the most impregnable cities of that time. They took it down, glory to God. They took the, it was the hardest city. It wasn't, they, see, sometimes when God gives us something to do, it's not always easy. It's not always a piece of cake. As the, the things that God embarks us to do, sometimes it, it, it's going to take you to be strong and of good courage. You're going to have to learn to stand in your faith. And they shouted, glory to God. And, and the, the word, uh, God, caught the, the shout, and they probably shouted, I think they probably shouted, glory to God. And the walls came down. What did they do? When they were walking around, they were laying hold of eternal life. When they, when, they, when they shouted, they were confessing a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Amen. And, and so, so here, uh, it says here in 1 Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And then he says, I urge you. And the Son of God who gives life to all things before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. We know this, that Jesus is the greatest faith fighter of all time. And we know that when he was in the presence of Pontius Pilate, Jesus claimed that he was a king. He said that, he said that his subjects would fight for him. If, 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 you know, and down here, but he's a king in heaven, glory to God. And, uh, and, and he said that you have, he said to, to Pontius Pilate, you have, because Pontius Pilate said, I have the power to crucify you. And Jesus said, you have no power. But what God can do, what God will allow you. The devil has no power, but what what God will allow and really what you will allow. Because God has given you all power. He has given you all authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Glory to God. Say, I have the power. In Jesus' name. And so let's, let's just drop down to 1 Timothy 6, 17. And, and sometimes when we're walking this walk, 
sometimes God will, uh, well, a lot of times when we start getting a hold of winning in this life, we will start prospering in God. And some of us are in that, that, that place where we're, where we're in that wealthy place in God. And so in 1 Timothy 6, 17, talking about that we need to guard against pride and we need to guard against fear. He's, Paul says to Timothy, giving Timothy this command, those who are rich in this present age, not to be haughty. Think about this. Not to be haughty, guarding against pride, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives to us richly all things to enjoy. Amen. So, 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 so if you're in that place, you know, where you are in that wealthy place, you got to guard against putting your faith and trust in your money. Can I get a witness in the house today? Now, some of you are saying, well, that's not me, pastor. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm not rich. I'm not no Bill Gates. You know, I, and, and, and very good. And, and you, but you don't want to, you know, God has raised up many people in the body of Christ. And he's raising, I believe he wants to raise up wealthy Christians. That, see, see, the devil, you know, he hates all Christians, but he hates wealthy Christians that are givers the most. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so you, so, so if you're a wealthy Christian and you're a giver, then you're going to cause that, the gospel to go forth. Amen. And, and so you might be in the land. I'm not going to get a, a show of hands. You might be in a land of barely enough. Anybody can relate? Yeah. Amen. Some might be in a land of just enough. Anybody in the land of just enough? Amen. But God wants us to be living in a land of more than enough. What am I talking about this morning? I'm talking about fighting the good fight of faith. And so if you're going to fight the good fight of faith, you're going to have to lay hold on the promises of God. And one of the promises of God is wealth. Oh, pastor, do you have to go there? Yes. See, listen, God's not, God needs, uh, God needs our, he doesn't just need our, you know, God doesn't need your money. He needs your heart. And if you're giving God your money, he will have your heart. Oh, I'm preaching today. I'm preaching today. Boy, Pastor, I didn't know you can going to go here this morning. I didn't either. And, uh, and so, and so if, if God can have your money, he's going to have your heart. For where, the, where the, Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart is also. And so, and so but, but, but maybe you're in a place of barely enough. Maybe you're in a place of just enough. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to uh, contend for the faith of the blessing of finances in your life. I like what it says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. It says here, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that through he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So, so, so Jesus was, became poor on the cross. Why? So that we could become rich in God. Now, 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 riches is more than just outward riches. It's more than just having stuff. Really, God wants us rich on the inside. He, he wants us rich on the inside. You know you're rich on the inside when you're a giver. Oh, I'm preaching today. When it's not hard for you to give out. Oh, I'm, I'm talking to somebody today. I, I, I'm coming against that selfish spirit. Amen. And, and, and so when you're rich on the inside, you're going to be rich on the outside. When you're rich on the, when you understand what Jesus paid for, 
to wash us of our sins, you, the outward expression should be for us to give. Amen. Can I get a witness today? And when we're giving out, uh, when we're prospering in our souls, then, then we, we, we uh, it says in 3 John 1, 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. This is a scripture about wealth. Prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And so when your soul becomes prosperous, then you become a giver. You become like God. God is the greatest giver, John 3, 16. And I like what it says in Deuteronomy. It says here, this is the reason why we want to believe God for greater and more because we want to be a greater blessing for the kingdom of God. It's not just for us to heap it up on ourselves. You know, I think about my mom. And my mom is such a giver. Glory to God. My mom is always giving on birthdays. She's always on special occasions. She's always writing checks out. Uh, you know, I'm, she probably goes through a checkbook every year. I don't know, maybe, maybe every two months. And she's always tends to be giving. And, you know, we have special occasions. Mother's Day, the mothers all get a check, you know. Father's Day, the fathers get a check, you know. Uh, birthdays, I'm getting some, a check with some money in it. Uh, and you know what? She lives so, she, 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 she lives so um, tight. She doesn't spend money, but she gives it. Amen. Why? Because she has a benevolent soul. She's rich on the inside. That makes her rich on the outside. And, and it's more blessed, glory to God, to give than to receive, glory to God. Amen. And so, so here in Deuteronomy 18, 18, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as is this day. Why does God want to make us wealthy? To establish his covenant. So that we can put it into the mission. So we can build water wells. So that we can build churches. So that we can get people saved. Glory to God. And then, and then in Genesis, uh, it says 12.2. This is, this is the Abrahamic uh, blessing. Uh, in Genesis, God speaks to Abraham and says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Think about that. And so, so here, God said, I'm going to make you name great, and uh, I'm going to bless you. And why did he say this to, to, to Abraham? So that he could be a blessing. And then it goes on it, down the verse. It says that all the nations will be blessed because of Abraham. Because of the seed of Abraham. Jesus uh, is in the lineage and it's in the seed. Jesus is the seed that blesses all mankind. We need to lay hold of being prosperous. Just as you need to lay hold of being righteous. Can I get a witness in the house today? We need to be confessing we are rich in Christ. We need to be confessing we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We, we may run into some resistance by believing God that we're righteous. Amen. The enemy will try to make us think about our past mistakes. Try to make us think about our shortcomings. And he will try to make us think that we're not right in God. But you know what? My Bible says that, that in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. So you're new creations in Christ. 
You're not the old sinner. You're a new creation in Christ. And in 2 Corinthians 5.21, I love what, it, what the Young's literal translation says, For him who did not know sin, in our behalf did make sin, that we may become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, Jesus became sin so that we may become righteous in God. Somebody say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you're going to fight the good fight of faith, you're going to have to lay hold of healing, glory to God. Because the enemy is going to try to attack your body in Jesus' name. So you must lay hold of of eternal life, of healing in your body. The enemy is going to try to cause symptoms to come on. But how do you get rid of symptoms? You submit yourself to God. You resist the devil. And the devil will flee. You know, I'm going to say this. You're either going to walk in faith or walk in sight. I'm going to say this again. You're either going to walk in the... See, listen. There's, there's two worlds you can walk in. There's the world of faith and righteousness and the world of the spirit. And then there's the world of sight, the flesh, and the devil. Right? It's what's going on. There's, what world do you want to live in? I want to live in the world of faith. I don't want to live in, in the world of the natural. I want to live in the world of the supernatural. You, you choose what world you live in. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. I'm, I, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You choose what world that you live in. And I'm choosing to live in the world of faith. What does that mean? I, I, I'm, I'm consuming the word of God. Uh, with my eyes. I'm listening to the word of God. I'm confessing the word of God. I'm not allowing the wrong things in. I don't want to live in, in, a world, in, in a corrupt world system. I want to live in a heavenly world system. Can I get a witness in the house today? And, and so I like what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. The New Century Version says it this way. We live by what we believe, not by what we can see. Now, now get, a, get a hold of that. We live by what we believe, not by what we can see. Or you could say it this way. We live by what we believe, not what we feel. We don't live by feelings. We don't live by how we feel. We, we walk by faith and not by sight. The Amplified says this way. For we walk by faith, not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief In God's promises. Think about that. So we live in our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. Again, when we have confident belief in God's promises, that should make us bold in the spirit. When we believe God's word, no matter what it looks like, that should make us bold. Now let's look at the scripture again. It says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives to us richly all things to enjoy. I like this part of it because God is not holding blessings from us. God wants us blessed, glory to God. And he says that he gives us all things richly. Does it say he gives us all things richly to enjoy? 
Amen. He wants us to enjoy some things, glory to God. God's not holding it back. Then, then, then he continues to say, let them do good. Now, now he's encouraging us, especially those that are, that are in a land of more than enough. He said, let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready, giving, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may, lo- notice it says this again, that they may lay hold on eternal life. So what is he saying? He's saying the process of laying hold on eternal life is, is being rich in good works. It's being ready to give. It's being willing to share. Can I get a, can I get a, rev, uh, a witness in the house today? That, that's, that's laying hold of eternal life. In the second installment of this series, we talked about how, how not to lose in, in the faith fight. We talked about Peter, and he lost a faith battle uh, when Jesus was betrayed. Uh, Jesus said uh, to his disciples that they were going to leave him. When, when, when uh, the Romans came to take him. And Peter was the one that said, uh, you know, Jesus, they all may leave, but I'll never leave you. And then Peter said, you know, not only that, not only will I not leave you, I will die with you. And so, and so Peter, remember what I said at the beginning of my verse? You got to be careful with pride and you got to be careful with fear. Because pride and fear will, will cause us to lose some faith battles. And Peter what was boasting in his self that, no, Lord, you know I will stand with you. And then Jesus said, will you, Peter? Will you stand with me? And he said, before the cock crows, he said, you will deny me three times. And Peter said, no, no, I won't. <laughs> I won't. And, uh, and he, he, was, he was telling Jesus, and Jesus knows all things. So, so Peter uh, was writing a letter and I believe that he was writing a letter in 1 Peter 5, 5 and 8. And I believe that he was thinking about this time where, there, where he was a little cocky in his faith, where, where he actually denied Jesus three times, where he couldn't even speak faith to a little girl that asked him if he was a disciple of Jesus. Remember, a little girl came up to him, said, aren't you one of those disciples? And Peter said, no, I'm not one of them. Remember that? And then Peter wrote in 1 Peter 5, 5 and 8, I believe this was inspired by, by, by that account. He says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders, yet all of you be submissive to one another. See, submissiveness is talking about humility. Submit to your elders. Submit to Jesus. Submit to your leaders, glory to God. And then he says, submit to one another. Amen. And be clothed with humility. How are you going to how are you going to throttle up the, 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 the power of God in your life? You got to throttle up the grace of God. And so so you throttle that up by humility. And he said, God, resist the proud, but give grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. Be sober. Now, now, Peter understood this because when he wrote this, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We know that, that Peter knew that the devil wanted to sift him like wheat because Jesus told him. 
And Peter now is telling us the devil wants to sift each one. He's not saying it that way, but he's saying the devil is going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There were the two things, the two people he's going to, uh, the two keys uh, of people being devoured is, is, is Christians that walk in fear and Christians that walk in pride. Those are the two key elements that will cause us to be devoured in our faith life. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so, and so Peter understood that. And I'm going to say this. We may have made some mistakes in the past. We may have lost some faith battles. We may have encountered some circumstances that caused that, you know, people that caused pain in our life. We may have lost some trust in God. Anybody ever been there? Everybody ever experienced that? And, and I want to say this. Even though Peter lost a faith battle, he did not lose the faith war. And even though you might lose some faith battles, doesn't mean that you have lost the faith war. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I'm going to say this. The, the, the story is not over yet. Jesus' life wasn't over yet. Because when you get a setback, get ready for your comeback. And so Peter had a setback, and, and, and he, he was raised up, and, and, and he became the rock of the church, and he preached boldly to 3,000 people, got 3,000 people saved on the day of Pentecost. I think the devil was sorry that he ever messed with Peter. And I'm going to say this, that God, that maybe the devil has knocked you down. Maybe, maybe you've lost some faith battles. But I'm going to say, just wait, because God is raising you up, amen, to kick the devil in the blessed assurance in the backside. Amen. I'm going to say this, what, what was the keys to Peter's comeback? Well, we know this, that Jesus said that I will pray for you, Peter, that your faith doesn't fit. Fail. So, so, so one of the keys was Jesus praying for him for his comeback. Another key is that, that Jesus came to speak to Peter. Uh, the last time he spoke to Peter, he asked Peter, uh, you know, if Peter loved him. Remember that? And Peter said, yes, I love you. And then, then Jesus said, do you, uh, and then he said, Peter, do you love me again? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. And the third time, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, and Peter, at that part, he, he was humble. He said, well, God, you know all things. <laughs> you know if I love you or not. You know, he, he got to a point where he was humble. And then the Lord said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And, and, so, and so, so Jesus restored Peter, but not only restored Peter, but gave him vision. See, God won't only restore us, but he will give us vision for the future. And then, what did, what did uh, uh, Peter do with the rest of the disciples? The third key, he waited in the upper room for 10 days to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So, so what am I saying to you? I'm saying that if you're going to come back from some battles that you have lost, you're going to have to believe and trust that Jesus is praying for you in heaven that your faith doesn't fail. You're going, to, you're going to have to allow the Word of God to restore you back and give you vision for the future. Amen. And you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to wait 
on the Holy Spirit in prayer because they waited 10 days in prayer. And you're going to have to sometimes, there's going to be times in your life where you're going to have to spend time with God because you're going to be knocked down at times. And you're going to have to get uh, allow Jesus to pray for you. You're going to have to get into the Word. You're going to have to spend some time in God's presence so He can empower you to come back. Can I get a witness in the house today? Jesus is saying to us today uh, that, that the experience that Peter experienced, we're all going to experience that at times in our lives. We're all going to experience a setback, but God is going to bring us always back to a good place in Him. I like, I like what it says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It says here, Come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So, you know, in other words, uh, you, 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 you're, you're at, at your wit's end. You, you've been working hard. No, 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 put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is is light. So, uh, so I'm going to say this. You take these keys of, of allowing, you know, knowing that Jesus is praying for us, that our faith won't fail, that allowing the word of God to restore us and give us vision for the future, and then allowing the Holy Spirit to empower us, we're going to win this good fight of faith. Did you receive it? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are praying for us, that you're that you're interceding in heaven, that your ministry of prayer is still going forth. And I thank you, Lord, that you're causing us to rise up out of any uh, losses that we may have encountered in the past. And I thank you, Father God, that you want to, to continue to give us vision for the future and empower us. Perhaps you're here this morning and or you're listening or watching and perhaps you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You haven't put Jesus in the driver's seat of your life. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So I want you to, if you're ready to do this, I want you to pray this simple prayer and mean in your heart, say, dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 